Matthew 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out one, early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered them, Friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Thank you very much. Read very well, thank you Jess. So we come to this next parable. And as we consider this for just a few minutes, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the incredible gift of your word. And as we think of this passage now, may it speak deep into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is the longest queue you have ever been in? Now, I told you a few weeks ago about my hour and a half wait for a sandwich in Amsterdam. Six hours at the Antiques Roadshow. Well, that's impressive. Poor, poor. Was, did they tell you it was, are you a millionaire? We're going to be millionaires. Uh, anyone else beat six hours? Well, anybody stayed overnight in Wimbledon? Oh, yeah, we've got an overnight queue here. What was that? 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Till 12, 4. Wimbledon. Yeah, worth it for Wimbledon. You started the evening before Wimbledon again. Yeah. 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 All these hardy people. Enter, enter the ballot, people. Enter the ballot. Um, so I think an overnight one, that, that's great. Now, um, it was just coming up to an anniversary of this queue. Anyone guess what that one is? Queen lying in state, yes. So um, that was about 14 hours people were waiting at a time to go with that. Now, what was one of the stories around this? You know, what I love about this the queue. It did have its own weather forecast. The BBC at the time were doing the queue as a weather forecast. But there was one other story that got people absolutely incensed. There was queue jumping. I'm not, I didn't put a photograph up because it was too triggering. There was some queue jumping. Now we love David Beckham. David Beckham queued for 14 hours with everybody else. 
But there were some other celebrities yeah. who, 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 who didn't queue. And it was, it was really controversial. People got absolutely incensed. And it's kind of understandable. I mean, I get really stressed if, you know, queue jumping. It's not good. But imagine, I mean, that was bad enough, just watching two people who were accused of queue jumping. Imagine if you'd been queuing and they suddenly said, actually, but no, it's, it's turned around. So if you're, the last is going in first and the first is going in last, there would be uproar. And that is the kind of uproar that Jesus triggered in this parable. So it's set in a vineyard. It's set in a vineyard and we've got, there we go, the workers in the vineyard. It's lovely, lovely grapes. But actually, when we're talking about this parable, it's, it tells us, as I said, about how God's kingdom is not always what we expect. So I, I think it's, it's more like an upside-down kingdom. We expect things to be one way and going upright, and actually, it's all up the other way. It's set in a vineyard, and the people that Jesus was talking to would instantly have realized that the vineyard means the, is the nation of Israel. In the Old Testament, there are many uh, prophecies and many metaphor, metaphorical stories where the nation of Israel is described as a vineyard. So they would know that that is the setting. God is the farmer and he starts his day by going to the marketplace to hire some people to work in his vineyard. It's the equivalent of going to the job center. It's where the people would hang out if they were looking for work for that day. And the first workers, he agrees, a standard day salary of a denarius, and everybody's happy. They've got work, the farmer's got workers for his vineyard, everybody's happy. But the farmer goes back, and there are still more people. So he hires them, and he goes back again and again. And each time he says, I will be fair, I will be fair to the people that he's hiring. And at the end of the day, he starts paying his workers that he's brought in throughout the course of the day. And the people that were brought in last, he paid first. And he paid them a full day's wage. They'd worked for about an hour, and they had a full day's wage. Just imagine how they must have felt. But Jesus focuses on the people who were there first. And they thought, oh, if they're getting a day's work, a day's pay for an hour's work, what am I going to be in for? I'm going to get a windfall. I've been here all day. But the farmer gives everybody the same wage. They all get a day's pay. And those who were there first are absolutely outraged. Even though that's what they'd agreed to first thing in the morning. And then we have this farmer says, well, I'm going to be generous with my money. It's not up to you to decide how I should use it. So what does this parable tell us about how God's kingdom works? Well, first of all, it tells us that he loves equally. All the workers were valued equally and, and paid the same uh, by this farmer. God does not show favorites. Now, the people who were listening, not only did they realize that Jesus was using the vineyard as a picture of, uh, of the Jewish nation, they would have understood that the early workers were the Jewish people and the late workers were the Gentiles. And that is why they were incensed. 
because the Jewish people thought they were extra special to God. They thought they were worth more to God. They thought they were more spiritual. They thought that they were far more valuable to God than the Gentiles. And that is why this parable, Jesus was good at causing uproar. This is why this would have caused uproar to the people who were listening. The Jewish people didn't think that God wanted a relationship with Gentiles. They didn't think that they were worth having a relationship with God. But God values everybody equally. So it doesn't matter. It didn't matter in this story. It doesn't matter now. What your heritage is, whether you were brought up in a Christian home or not, whether you can recite pages and pages of Bible from memory or not, whether you have come to faith for five minutes or 50 years, God loves us all equally. And um, everybody is, is invited. There is no hierarchy. Romans, and if we'd read on in Acts, our opening passage, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no hierarchy there. Whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord is saved. So that invitation is the same for Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, young, old, male, female, whatever country, whatever background you have, there is no hierarchy. And this is why this parable says that God's kingdom is upside down. They expected a hierarchy. There is none in God's kingdom. And the second thing it tells us is that God wants everybody. He is concerned about those who are getting left behind. Now, the way Jesus tells this story is that the landover went back to the marketplace. He went back to the job center, and he could see that there were people there who had not been hired, who didn't have work for that, for that, um, for that day. He saw them, and God sees us. He saw their need. He didn't want them to be overlooked and dismissed, so he hired them. Now, we're not told why the landover went back. We're not, it's, it was a parable, this isn't a, something that literally happened, but we're not told why it went back, whether the first workers were lazy, whether the first workers had too much work to do, but we went, the, the landowner went back and saw that there was a need for people. So he was equally happy to have latecomers in. They may have been overlooked by other people to be hired, but God brought them back for work. So in concern... In his concern, the, uh, it's in contrast to the early, early morning workers. They were being selfish because they didn't want to have the same pay as the others. They would have been happy, I think, if they had had a day's work as long as the people who worked less had had less. They complained that they should have had a more, a more, a more than a day's pay. And I don't think they would have complained as long as the other people had only an hour's pay. You see what I mean? But actually, if you're poor and hungry, you still need a day's pay to pay for your food. They didn't care that if those people had only had an hour's salary, they probably would have gone hungry. This, was a, a, this wasn't a culture where people had food in their cupboards. So their selfishness of, and envy would have led to other people being hungry and being kept poor and overlooked. And that is not how God's kingdom works. 
So God went back, he called everybody in, and he wants everybody. There's a verse in 2 Peter that says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The early morning workers didn't, didn't care about the, the, the latecomers. They just wanted more for themselves. And the rebuttal that God gives, the landowner gives, is that he is generous. He's being generous with his money. He's giving the, the, the late workers more than perhaps other people think they should have. He could have got away with giving them less money. Let's be honest, they were poor. If they had had an hour's work, they would probably, an hour's pay, they probably would have been absolutely decided, delighted because if you're poor, a little is really special. You know, if you're poor, you'd rather have an hour's pay than none, let's be honest. But God wanted them to be treated generously and he didn't want any of them left behind. He didn't want anybody to go hungry. So they received a whole day's pay. So their joy, their joy must have been great. And yet the, per the, the workers who had had a whole day knowing that they were going to get paid, knowing that they would have food on the table, they couldn't share that joy. They didn't want to share that joy. They just got mean and envious and spiteful. So when God is generous, who are we to get mean and spiteful and look down on people because we don't think they should have as much blessing as us? His generosity, the farmer's generosity, uh, God's generosity, shows the openness of his, his invitation to everybody. None of the workers got left behind. All of them were brought in. Nobody is beyond his love. So does this make God's kingdom unfair? That people who did only work for an hour get a full day's wage, the same as those who have worked all day? It is an understandable question. Because we all have that sense of what is right and wrong. But the only way that we can consider this is to remember that God's gift to us is a loving, living relationship with him and our entry into the kingdom. It is not dependent on our merit. It is entirely dependent on the gift of God through Christ Jesus, through his death and resurrection, atoning for our sin. So when we realize that we deserve nothing, when we realize that actually the wages of our sin is death, then it is fair because we are not, we are not deserving of any of it, whether it's an hour or a day's pay. We've already sung about and prayed about these royal robes that we don't deserve. But the problem is, too often we, we start to think that we might deserve a little bit more than others. Whether in life 
financially, the size of our home, make of our car, or whether it's in church, we think our voice might be, should be heard a little bit more than somebody else because we've been here longer, or because we, we know our Bible better. But actually, the pouring out of God's Spirit is on all. We are all invited. We are all loved equally. And God is generous, and it's his decision as to how and upon whom he pours out his spirit and special anointing. So as we consider this parable for ourselves today, does it touch a nerve if we think of ourselves as the early walkers, early, early people walkers, the early workers, I'll call them early workers, the people who were hired first? Do we think that actually we would behave better, but deep down perhaps we don't? The Jews thought they were spiritually superior to Gentiles. We must never, ever forget that we are the latecomers. We don't deserve the enormous riches that God has given us. Let us never be content to see other people go hungry, to be more worried about our own preferences and our own blessing, to let people go hungry, whether physically or spiritually. And let us move forward together, knowing that God doesn't want anybody left behind. Let us reach out with his love, let us always, always look to the needs of those who are lost, those who are being left behind, and prefer their needs over ours for the glory and for the building of God's kingdom. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, your word challenges us. And your, law, your word calls us to give a response. Search our hearts, teach us, change us, transform us, that we might indeed be a people who work to see others brought into your kingdom, that we might live as generous people loving others equally, seeing each person we meet as a person made in your image and valued by you. Maybe we, may we be open to see the needs of others, to hear their voices, that no person gets overlooked and dismissed. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.